Hey guys, welcome to Minefields. It's Joshua Michael here. Tony's out for a little bit. He's got to have some surgery done. Don't worry, he's going to be okay. So be sure and send him all the kind words and love. Right here, we've got a classic episodes of Minefield. Right here, this is me and Mr. Colin, co-founder of Minefields, going over a uh, kind of a crash course in Adam Warlock, recorded at the, uh, I want to say like uh, summer of 2020. Right when uh, the pandemic was really going hard and new comic books weren't coming out, we were just going through some old long boxing. You guys enjoy? Tony will be back soon, guys. Hey guys, welcome back to Minefields. My name is Joshua Michael. This is my best friend in the whole world, Mr. Colin, Mr. over there. Colin. And he's in Stillwater today. You're in Stillwater today, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, taking care of business, looking after my mom, doing some house repairs. Uh, it's she's she's all right. She's you know she's got she's she's all right. <laughs> we watch a lot of movies. We uh, I get her outside, try to get her to do some exercise, and I feed her. I feed her food. I get her get her to eat. Stuff to, I've been stuff cooking a lot. To do. Sorry, I've been cooking a lot, <clears throat> dude. Yeah, what are made you cooking? Some, You're always cooking made, something, though. Made made some tacos today because of Cinco de Mayo, and um, <laughs> I've been trying to. I've been trying, I, dude. I bought like I hoarded a bunch of jalapenos and stuff to make salsa, mm. and I've made so many batches of salsa trying to make my signature flavor. Yeah. And I've got all I've got all these saved uh, random jars like. Uh, I've got a bunch of old paste picante jars to use for yeah, my dude. signature. I don't throw those for, away. Yep, and um, yeah, today was a good day, and uh, we certainly appreciate you still uh, listening to us, guys. We really appreciate you guys listening to our show. Uh, this show took us a little bit because we had a lot of comics to digest. Uh, obviously, there's new comics coming out right now, so, save a few from DC, uh, and maybe a few that slipped under my radar, uh, but uh, nothing that I really wanted to really go over. I mean, there was a Daphne Byrne issue that I got that was pretty good, but um, losing track of <laughs> losing my... Uh, train of thought uh we're we're doing adam warlock today guys and this is this is a big deal because in order to understand adam warlock you have to understand like in my perspective like 80 different things <laughs> and and it, in in my own perspective anytime adam warlock was ever brought up to me up until two weeks ago uh it, it sounded like a chore because there was it i knew there was gonna have to be like a a solid foot of comics I'd have to burn through in order to understand it. But we actually <laughs> like burned that. through them. <laughs> a foot of comics. We, we, when you talk about how yeah. much, when you're in, when you're in my business and you're like, Oh, we got to dress a set and make it look right. How much you think about how you're going to procure books and you're like, by the yard, how many yards of books do you need? So for nice. you to say that a foot of books, it's like how much yeah. space would that take on a shelf? That's pretty impressive when it comes to comics. Single yeah, issues. It's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, so, guys, uh, for anyone that's ever wanted to know anything about Adam Warlock, we're not the definitive uh, end-all, be-all. We, we did our best. Uh, Colin has been a solid Adam Warlock fan for most of his life. Uh, me, just jumping into it, there was only 
there's only a handful that really just just knocked me on my uh, knocked my socks off. Everything else was really good, but it was definitely dense. It was definitely, in my opinion, denser than reading Watchmen, and that was just Adam Warlock Whoa. number one. <laughs> That's true. That's a thick freaking volume just by itself. Marvel premiere. What's it? Marvel premiere number one from 1972. Yeah. How many pages you say it was? Uh, like, we, I was flipping through it cause mine is reprinted in, uh, Warlock Masterworks, Marvel Masterworks, Warlock number volume one, which is borrowed from my friend Mark and I need to get it back to him someday. Um, uh, and without any ads in it, it was like 26 pages. So yeah, that, that's a lot. But even then like 10, 15 minutes to get through one page sometimes. It's re- yeah. The, the density comes from. The fact of uh, this is it's like the, I'm going to say that's the end of the Silver Age or the beginning of the Bronze Age. I don't know when people actually draw the line there, but whatever it was, there was still the mentality that when you were writing a mighty Marvel epic at the time and everyone wanted to be character be doing that, then you not only had your characters saying something in every panel, it, at least it sure seemed like that. Additionally, every character said something in each panel, whether they were uh, depicted or not. And then the writer had narration in every panel, sometimes at the top and the bottom, in other places, depending on how big the panel was. So it's just this wall of stuff to read every time you turn the page. But because of the page layouts and also the size of the paper, uh, the size of the paper back then when they were when they were drawing everything out and they were doing layouts was much bigger. And so I feel like there was a lot more grandiosity, if that's even how you do that word. And uh, I think that there was a lot more to get away with because it gave the creative team the option of being incredible with their with what they with with what they drew and how they inked it and how it, everything else. Uh so yeah, I mean these books were just massive by way of the aspect of it that you didn't know as a reader because of the printer and what people were going for. They were going for making some kind of a masterpiece. And especially when you get Roy Thomas... Roy Thomas? Not Roy... Yeah, Roy Thomas, not Rob Thomas. God bless us. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not Roy Max Thomas, Gil Kane. Yeah, when you, get, when you get them coming in and being like, we're going to redefine this character with our own storyline then um that's when it took off yeah that's that's when something actually happened with this so and then of course now you know things change because the creative team got switched up much later now uh i was i met up with my buddy uh, chad the other day because I, I bought a uh, box of magic the gathering uh the other day and just unboxed and i sent you all the the green the white and the blue i kept all the crap huh <laughs> no, I know yeah. what you're talking about. And I, I gave him all the reds, and uh, I dropped him off at his house. We had a social distancing chat. Mm. He was sitting on his porch. I'm like maybe eight feet away from him, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "What are you guys doing right now? What are you guys working on?" And I was like, "Adam Warlock." And he's like, "Damn." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "How did that go?" And I'm like, "Dude, that took a while. That was that was a it it wasn't a chore. It was like 
like being in college and you're instructed to read something really cool, but the, the, you're warned that it's dense and you have to really think about it the way you like. It, it, obviously, it's not Shakespeare, but like you know, when you read Shakespeare, you have to like have a, th- a, 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 a dictionary and a thesaurus next to you <laughs> uh, because they, they use such grandiose words. And like, wh- what the hell is he saying now? He, like, he's speaking like, like, he spoke at first to me like when you when you're first playing D and D and you get that 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 uh, DM that is like going off on the characters and like and like you're not used to it like uh, with the these and the vows. Oh yeah, sure. The, a, and, and, a DM that's trying to role play the NPCs. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm gonna say little... I'm not gonna take it as Shakespeare, but I am gonna say that it is like. One cup less as dense and difficult as James Finmore Cooper's Last of the Mohicans, which I have never been able to get through. I can scarcely hack through the first chapter of Last of the Mohicans. It is so hard to get into. Uh, but yeah, it's it's daunting. I think I think Warlock is daunting. Um and I think that I think it's a challenge because, and this is a conversation for later in our uh, in our conversation. But um, I think it's daunting because you know it's going to be existential. It's going to be a lot of soul searching, and that's not even supposed to be a pun. Uh, it's going to be a lot right. of very heady material, and um, it's going to take some time. And that's the thing is that you have different creative teams. Uh, one of the things that you and I have been discussing lately is the idea of we're 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 coming up on the uh, on on the possibility of doing a a commentary track for the Howard the Duck movie. And so I've watched some material about Howard the Duck. I never really wanted to read the comics, um, but the idea was that the writer had the like the key to writing that character and no one else has ever been able to come close. And Steve I Gerber. Think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steve Ger- Gruber. Gruber? Gerber? Gerber. Gerber. Steve Gerber. And like <laughs> no one else has ever managed to to come close and every attempt since of course Marvel or Disney more or less got the character back and that's a whole story that I'm not going to get into that's right a- now. Yeah, that's, yeah, we'll, that's a we'll, different we'll, we'll story. do that on the it's on like, Howard the Duck. That's the point I'm making is that nobody can drive the Howard the Duck train the way that Steve could because it was his baby. And so Roy Thomas did a great job getting Warlock off the ground, unfortunately, and we'll get into that. It kind of falters and then it comes back in another book that he happened to be writing before Jim Starlin got a hold of it, and that's where it takes an entirely new life of its own and remains pretty consistent for, I'm going to say, 20 years. And then things have gone all over the place with however you do stuff with him. So, Right, right, you know. because it, you're, you're talking about uh, Silver Age, and then we get into the, the, the mighty 90s, and then uh, we get into the mid two thousands before Bendis took over, and you know we we get a solid continuous uh, flow of things that really kept going, 
And whether it was good or not, it had the up, oh, ups and downs, you know. You know, when we you know we start when like like two thousand seven, and uh, we've a, got. I just had a, 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 a concerning thought, like because what? you're talking about these different time periods. Could we please get a Grant Morrison Adam Warlock book going? Oh, dude! You you asked oh, me before this. Oh hey, my god! What do you think? Uh, what do you what? Why do you think? What I want you to ask that question that you asked me well, at the end of this, at the beginning of this, bef- at the end of this, and we'll we'll say, cool. well, I'll get to that answer. So we'll save that for a minute. Okay. We, we've put a lot of thought into this, but it's not like we've read every single warlock appearance. We've we read, read a, a lot of, of <laughs> heavy duty appearances for sure, and uh, seen. I, I'm gonna say that by the end of this, we can point you in the right direction for what you need to read to understand the character to a degree. Um, and then when we got ready to do this, I was feeling ill-prepared because I felt like I needed to reread some of the most recent appearances as of last year, which was, and we, you know... We have read them. We, just... we have. It's just, you know... Oh, yeah, I just remember that I liked that. But then you go in and look at it, and it's like, holy crap, this is really paying attention to stuff. So, yeah, it's a whole thing. So let's let's hit it. Yeah. Yeah, let's hit it. Okay, so uh, just uh, to get things started on it, uh, again, back to uh, talking with Chad. And uh, Chad, he was like, man, that's uh, uh, Infinity Wars is right around the time when I really started collecting comic books. And I was like, I'm so glad you said that because that's when I first got my hands on them. Well, was because of, uh, no, uh, Infinity Wars okay, with Magus. Okay, Infinity War. Okay, got you. Uh-huh. In, in, Infinity War, not not plural. plural. Not, not most War. recent Infinity War yes. from like last year in 2018. Yeah, yeah, we're we're talking Infinity War uh, with yeah. the Magus, and I was like, I always wanted to read that because when I first got my hands on comics, when my sister was in the hospital and my dad gave me a stack, there was an uh, an issue with the Incredible Incredible Hulk. Uh, he's he's not Professor Hulk, but he's. He's got that brown suit on, and yeah. he's just really big, and he's got a temper, but he's still pretty smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of that issue, he was like, "You see the abomination, like just uh, in the sewers, just um, brooding over like his terrible existence." And then the Hulk was like, "Wait a minute, I gotta." I, it, it ends with the Hulk going, "Oh, I got, I got to get out of here real quick." He jumps on a ship because they're about to go meet up with Reed Richards. Uh-huh. And I always wanted to know what the hell was going to happen. And oh, he, all right. And I was wondering what was going to happen. And then you were telling me the other night. Yeah, yeah. I know where uh, you're about, going. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, you were telling me the other night about like uh, having that. It's, it's one of my favorite things about being a, growing up in the 80s. And I hope I hope it's still a thing. Like when like you can't get your hands on good like, you know, uh, girly mags or, or VHSs. But you've got a dude who's a good buddy who's got an older brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's got it like uh, an older brother that's got you know like everything on hand? Here's he's he's the one that introduced you to Slayer. He's the one that first let you <laughs> let you read Midnight Suns or something like that. You just made sure you had to give it back. You were telling me about uh, something like similar about that. Yeah, it's it was this kind of concept. Like when I think about it, I remember the first comic I ever encountered, and uh, it was it wasn't a Marvel book. Actually, I was reading Comico Robotech for a long time. Uh, but what it, what it came down to was, was, um, my brother, my younger brother, he's three years younger than me. He had a friend that grew up in our neighborhood and then they moved to a much bigger house a little bit farther away. And his parents were like, 
hey, you can't, this comics thing is just taking up too much of your time and thoughts, and it's all you want to talk about, and it's really irritating us. So they made him get rid of a bunch of stuff, and he was actually kind of okay with it, which was always what shocked me, because if anybody had come in and said, you can't keep these G.I. Joes anymore, or we're getting rid of (laughs) of this Star Wars stuff, I would have been devastated. But, um, you know, I came away with, my brother and I came away with a bunch of, like, insert posters and stuff that were this is todd mcfarlane like spidey 300 era and yeah uh, especially todd mcfarlane spider-man with the first the torment series and everything um and so of course in that time period we'd been talking to this kid for a long time and he's always yeah he was talking about comics and stuff and we all knew what spider-man was because we had spider-man things but we didn't have spider-man comics and so the idea was like, okay, hey, well, there was a Hastings. We started going to Hastings, and I remember this kid being like, this is what's going on right now, is this Infinity Gauntlet. And we're like, okay, okay, cool. So we'll check that out. And it's like, does it have this in it? Does it have that? We're like, yeah, we got um, to see what's what. And so it was like, okay, well, this is awesome because it has every character in it. And so right. what you didn't know about that Hulk was – there he was, and you're, to me, as a teenager, as not a teenager, as like a, a middle schooler slash junior high kid, I'm suddenly looking at this and going, I'm aware of some of these characters and then others. I don't know what they are. And we couldn't just, like, yeah. Google them. Yeah. So then, and you uh, know, like, I get in and I'm looking at uh, uh, Infinity Gauntlet and going, this is nuts. Like, I have no idea who these some of these guys are, but they're, like, extremely powerful and they're just getting smited by by this guy Thanos who I'd never heard of. And the idea of the infinity gauntlet was very powerful to me for lack of a better term, because the idea that you could have something that gave, that made you all powerful and for a real nerdy kid like me, who was constantly getting picked on until I got into one fight in middle school and nobody bothered me again. Uh, like that was, that was power. Like the idea that you, you would know everything and you could do everything was such a big deal. But at the end of it, what happens at the end of the Infinity Gauntlet, but Adam Warlock comes away with the Infinity Gauntlet and then breaks up the gems and says, you're going to have this one, you're going to have that one, and blah, 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 blah. And what I never understood was, where did any of this stuff come from? And who the hell is this guy? Like, why does he... Like, why doesn't Spider-Man get it? Well, because he's my favorite. And why doesn't Darkhawk get it? Well, nobody's going to give it to Darkhawk. Like, you know, even the Silver Surfer, even the Mr. Fantastic, even, you know, anything you'd ever heard of when you were a basic kid in the 80s and in the early 90s, it was like, well, who would get this? Who is this Adam Warlock character? And then it just felt like there's this whole thing that I don't know. And that's the problem with this character is that he doesn't show up all of the time. He shows up when you really, really need him to. He's not, he's not a $1 bill that you're dispensing all the time. Like some of the other characters, he is, I got to throw down a hundred to handle this problem. You know, I would have preferred, I would have preferred to Adam Warlock be the one that came and saved the day, uh, in, um, in Endgame. 
rather oh, than that uh, would have been nuts, dude. R- rather rather than Captain Marvel, I would have I would have waited for Captain Marvel and then fo- did a did a movie on Adam Warlock first to have some fun. I don't know. And honestly, in that moment, I don't have a problem with how they utilized Captain Marvel because agreed, agreed. You know, there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, they they bowed to some pressure there, but simultaneously. Because I don't think Captain Marvel could, in the MCU, have handled the Infinity Gauntlet. And if you're going to no. fight Thanos, she could fight Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlet. And she could stand toe-to-toe with him. That made sense to me. But she still got, like, battered away or whatever the crap happened. And ultimately, the Infinity Gauntlet fell into Tony's hands. It would have been amazing. Because where's the Infinity Gauntlet now? And where are the gems? Right. I don't remember what happened to them at the end of the MCU. And also, where the hell is Thanos? Did Thanos get trapped inside the Soul Gem? It would have been incredible for Adam Warlock to show up, take the gauntlet away, and everyone be like, well, who's that guy? And then somebody else be like, we can trust that dude. And it's like, well, we trust you, so let's see what the hell this is all about. I and think we nobody, could have taken that. Nobody trusted Adam Warlock at the end of the Infinity Gauntlet in the first place. Exactly, and answer your because, question, like two people knew who he was. And then to answer your question, the infinity, uh, the, the the gems are where they used to be when Cap brought them back. So they're still around. Oh, that's right. As, I guess that's true. I forgot about they're, that. They're, they're still around, but we're, can, current whereabouts, Listen no to knows. this. You think about how we talk about, I don't want to watch Fight Club all the time because I don't want it to get regular. I don't want it to feel mundane to me. I don't right. want it to be an everyday thing. I don't even watch it every year. That's how much I love it. And I feel the same way to a certain degree about a lot of other movies. But, like, the Infinity stuff, I ha- like Infinity War and Endgame, I have only seen one time. And, like, that's – I'm waiting for the next opportunity to sit down and be like, okay, this is it. Nobody bother me. Take the phone off the hook. Turn off the internet. Let's just sit down well, and watch this sucker. But like, You've got some time in your hands now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I could stop working out and eating and cleaning the apartment and cleaning my kitchen and yeah. writing, now, I got let, a lot. Anyway, so yeah, like let's, let's let's get into how does this start? That's how that was okay. my introduction to this character. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, mine too. In 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 other than just hearing that this guy existed or seeing his trading cards and that I should pay <laughs> attention point. to him. Great, but point. I, I I have no idea who these who who this guy is. And uh, original appearance, Fantastic Four, number 66 and 67. You, yes. uh, we're, we're talking uh, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby. Uh, mm-hmm. But he wasn't originally known as Adam Warlock. He was known as him. Yeah. Now, those stories in no way really went anywhere. Like, it was like this wonderful gem, and again, not a pun, of an idea. But it, it wasn't until Roy Thomas came along with Gil Kane and really took off with it. And the the main Adam Warlock series. Well, now, let's, let's get into that. Why? I, and I totally agree with you because Adam Warlock, in my opinion, actually begins in that moment. But what are these dinky couple of first appearances where nobody knew what to do with them? Right, exactly. So Fantastic Four, uh, he's in Pages of Thor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as him, um, what do you know of him? Basically, it's set up where there's this uh, scientific collective that are not they're not good guys and they're trying to recreate a super soldier. They're doing their own super soldier program, whether or not anyone wants to loop that into captain America, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, they're like, Oh yeah, this guy will follow us and we'll make a race of perfect beings that are unstoppable. We don't really get a true sense of his power set in that moment, 
but he eventually is like, yeah, I don't want to do this, and he disappears. He goes into space, he floats around in the cosmos. Has he seen anything? Hasn't he? Who really knows? All he is is this golden godlike character with a with a kind of a shaggy hairdo and just you know this beautific appearance and he shows up kind of in a what is it like a not I'm not going to call it a diaper but it's basically just like what the thing wears trunks so or, um, or he-man <laughs> yeah it's it's not shaggy like that it's definitely yeah, but... like uh it's definitely like Seamus or the Miz or someone you know a WWE yeah. guy I guess they're tr- briefs. I don't know. But he comes yeah. back to Earth because he wants to cosmically reproduce. And, of course, he picks out Jane Foster, Thor's girlfriend, and Thor beats him down over it. <laughs> and uh, he's and so him is like, I'm disappearing into space, where he recuperates inside of the cocoon. That's the thing. He recuperates or regenerates or hibernates or whatever he wants to do when he forms a cocoon. So if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy and you've seen inside the uh, collector's area or his m- museum or whatever you call it, um, you you actually see what we believe is this cocoon as a background piece. And then, of course, they make a big thing about it at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, Correct. Where um, Aia, Aisha is hatching him, Adam also- or whatever. Also known as her. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So what yeah. it amounts to is that no one knew what to do with this character. That's what happens. Somebody develops something because they've got to come up with an issue. It either, made, it either made a difference or it didn't. You know, I don't think that there were thousands of Mighty Marvelites writing in, uh, in saying, like, Stan or anybody, you know, bring this character back. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's just he was a throwaway, essentially, unfortunately. Right. And, and, and that uh, was in that was in 1967, and it wasn't until yeah. 1975 that uh, Starlin took over uh, right. within Pages of Strange Tales. So 1972, you've got Roy Thomas and Gil Kane working on him uh, with the uh, Marvel premiere number one. So that was their launching point for the Marvel premiere book. So they do two issues with him that reactivate the the story. Do you want to take the lead on this, or shall I? No, you, you take the lead on this one because, <laughs> yeah, you did. All right, so Marvel right, premiere. So Marvel premiere number one. Uh, you've you've basically like if you if you've got the Marvel masterworks that I've got here, um, that's where my single issues are. Uh, I'm not going to say you can't find these single issues. They're out there. When you're able to go back to the comic book store, go to your retailer, see if they've got them. If you want to read them, they probably got them on the wall. They're probably worth way more than you want to pay. You can find Warlock and Marvel Masterworks. I don't know if it's reprinted as in the the trade paperback format, but um, this is my loaner copy from my buddy Mark. And uh, then again, of course, they are on the app, but I'm going to tell you to go out there and try to yeah. find those single issues. I've got some yeah. single issues of the Jim Starlin stuff, but uh, for the ads alone. Oh well, yeah, the ads are something else, man. So anyway, I'm looking at my Marvel Masterworks, and it, but which, by the way, has a killer introduction by Roy Thomas. Um, so it's Marvel premiere featuring the power of Warlock, uh, and in this story, they do quantify him as him, and it starts off with the High Evolutionary. 
Now, I'm not going to tell you I know everything there is to know about the high evolutionary either, but he is a person born of Earth who attained godlike powers and has left the planet and then decided, much like the Bible, to take... Think of this like Adam's rib. Or, you know, the the flower, like the dirt of the Earth, or, what you know, the Adam's rib to create woman, or whatever you make, whatever God made Adam out of. And it's like, that's the same concept. The high evolutionary decided to create a world that was pure from evil and without sin. So he created Counter-Earth. And from it, within however many days, grew the entire earthly civilization with people and animals and buildings and societies that I'm going to say are unfortunately identical to ours and to that of the Marvel universe in exception of how like Victor Von Doom exists. And so does Reed Richards in this world, then probably Peter Parker and probably Tony Stark, but there are no superpowered characters and there, the events that led to their development. I feel like this is a tragic missed opportunity after having read it that they could have shown us an entirely different earth where benevolent dictators ruled different countries instead of whatever, that there was never a Hitler, but there was somebody else and blah, blah, blah. That would have been fascinating in and of itself. And you could definitely tell, huh? Sorry. Uh, You could definitely tell that the guys that wrote uh, secret wars uh, really paid attention to books like this because there's so many semblances uh, that are, are, are so like obviously an homage in Secret Wars. Oh, to Counter Earth. Uh, to yeah, to Counter Earth and okay. everything that's going on, or, or and you know we'll get to uh, Power of Doom and Infinity because earlier, like I was saying, I felt like in order to understand who Adam Warlock was, you need to understand like who this person is and this person is, especially the High Evolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I've got that omnibus edition of the Evolutionary War. I need to sit down and go through. But that's the cool thing is that like. Like I say, when you start studying one of these characters and then you're studying who the creative team was, you start looking out and trying to figure out, okay, where else did they incorporate these things? And where does the story actually work? Because that's the thing. We got two issues of Marvel premiere featuring Warlock where, you know, setting up the high evolutionary, setting up counter earth and the fact that it, it is, it was, it was never what he wanted it to be. It was a world where sin came into being because of the new men. And that pre-exists from another high evolutionary tale. The new men are evolved beasts of the earth. So the man beast is a wolf man who turns out to be an, uh, an amalgam? A it turns out to be a all parallel I know, for Satan, basically. And so then Adam Warlock... All I know is that his... Sorry? All I know is that his most of his bad guys really suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like really Maximus suck. the Mad's bad guy gang uh, in the Inhumans. They're just, like, easily whipped and sent back where they need to go. And, of course, that's the crazy thing, and I'll get to it, about the Soul Gem. For whatever reason... Because we don't know, because okay, this you gotta you gotta go back even farther. The soul gem was one of the soul gems. They were not called infinity gems until Thanos decided 
to start calling them the Infinity Gems uh, during the Infinity Quest books. So, um, and actually, I'm not sure he really iterated them as such until uh, Pages of the Silver Surfer in the 90s, also written by Jim Starlin. So every time we say these things, you're going to start hearing the same creative team come in and do something with it. So the Soul Stone, we had one soul gem that the High Evolutionary had. Adam Warlock basically appears on the monitor and is like, who are you and what are you doing? You've created another world. And he's like, I am trying to create a world without sin and it didn't work. And I'm really remiss about it because the man beast is down there with his new men and they are basically demons. And they are committing to sin on my pure world. Right. But before you get to that, uh, is it? When did he actually promise to Adam that he would keep his word in regards to uh, destructive capabilities that he wouldn't do? I remember don't think he, he, he ever really completely promised that. Because that's how it. That's how Adam Warlock starts in within the the Starling uh, comics after Strange it's, Tales, yeah. where well, he where, gets, where he's, he's just like he goes back essentially. Uh, he essentially, he goes back to actual Earth rather than Counter Earth. Well, he just had like a, the well, promise was never made or kept necessarily. Right. I'm just saying that uh, it, I was dropped into a world that I didn't really understand, where I had to like keep looking up all this information, and I even pulled out exactly. my old cards. And, That's how and, complicated it is. If you just picked up yeah. any issue of uh, Roy Thomas Warlock, you'd be like, "The hell is going on? Like, why is Reed Richards a werewolf, and why is yeah. Doctor Doom a good guy?" and not knowing anything about this world, that's the craziness. Adam Warlock is sent to Counter-Earth as its Christ to restore its people to the possibility of purity. And he fails miserably across multiple issues. It's impossible for him. He defeats Man-Beast. And then he uses the soul gem, which the High Evolutionary gives him, and affixes it to his forehead to revert these new men back into whatever they were. Like the, the squid guy turns back into a squid, or the, the pigeon, what's his name, Pidgeot or something, it's like, or <laughs> Pigeon or something like that, turns back into a bird, or a cat guy turns back into a house cat. <clears throat> it's that kind of... Or a mouse. I think it was like the first instance of it. He turns a guy back into a rat and a, a, a barn cat gets him right away. And it's like, it's a little hard hitting though, because some of the stuff that happens in this is like, you would never see a, a regular Marvel superhero with any established existence fail like Adam Warlock does. The crazy business of which being, go ahead, the crazy business of this being that... Uh, Warlock immediately lands on Earth and is uh, and encounters these four kids. Uh, there's a brother and sister duo. There's a standard, you know, like white kid, and I'm sorry. There's a standard black kid, and the, you know, I don't think Roy Thomas knows how to write for non-white people because that was one of my favorite parts right off the bat. I, I is he starts hanging out with some kids. And this jive-talking black dude that obviously a white guy was writing. <laughs> exactly. Like, and uh, and for that, like, I don't even know. I don't really know how old Roy Thomas was when he when he when he wrote this. So it's a uh, it's a question of like, can you write for that because you are 
Um, cause you aren't, I mean, like how, how much of a white guy and how much of a square can you be? And you're trying to write this character. So I, I'm not going to sit here and decry this because this was the way of things in that time. But you don't, when you look at the mighty Marvel bullpen, see any black writers doing any work there that could have come across and been like, guys, this isn't how these, how folks work. Okay. So, right. It's, he might as well have been like, you know, <laughs> slap me some slack, Jack. You know, some, oh my some God, like, yeah, yeah. He was jive talking, jive turkey talking. It was like, damn, this is this is kind of bad. At least and they then, stopped short of any sweet Christmas and whatever with, uh, you know, with Luke Cage. The the, the <clears throat> fact that he's like, he gets to this other world and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna make friends with these teenagers and just put them in absolute danger. And oh, be like, no. no, 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 I have to go on my own. Like, no, we promised. <laughs> yeah. The, like, you guys like, are probably all going to die. <laughs> so he has his disciples or his apostles out of these kids who are all runaways. And then their well-to-do fathers all show up and are like, hey, no, we want our kids back. And they need to cop to the the way of things. And these are rebellious youths. And Adam is like... I'm going to look after them, but you guys should go with your parents, clearly. And then it's like... Now... Sorry, what What do you got? Well, well, before you get too far into it, the, the thing that threw me off right off the bat was like, I, I was under the impression that this guy was near omnipotent and in terms of his power, his power set. And this dude that's basically a man beast, just like his ridiculous <laughs> name is, yep. is 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 knocking him on his ass. Like, wh- why don't you just blast this guy out of existence? And oh, and and and, and it, it was such a good like throwback to like the the way they would name like bad guys, like Cobra. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, a little hyphen action and, and like, really goes a long way. Yeah, these guys these guys are a threat to you. You you got a gem, like like from. I guess that was something that hindered me from reading it. Oh, well, I completely the way I was agree. supposed to. I'm not the way I was supposed I'm, to. I'm you got an infinity the gem. Way. Yeah. Well, it's the, you got to keep guys. in mind we don't know that it's an infinity gem. It's not an right, infinity exactly. gem. It's that's, not. That's what I'm saying. I don't like the concept of it being an actual infinity gem. Probably doesn't come up until something like 1987. I like if you would, will you look up the Thanos quest and see what year that was written? Yeah. Uh, well, well, what I'm what I'm saying is is that knowing what I know about the Infinity Gems hindered me from enjoying mm. it the way I should have, because I'm like, that you makes got a gem, sense. <clears throat> blast these assholes. But like, of course, that wasn't in existence at the time. You said Infinity what? The infi- or the uh, uh, the Thanos quest. Okay. Yeah. Um, the point being that, like, you know, Adam is. It's the idea that you're going to create these characters that readers could identify with and they are going to be kids and they're going to be multi-gender multi-racial except for you know it's it's not the electric company the cast of the electric company here or something so uh it's like these kids are wandering around in there i just see i just see the timeliness of it for 1972 and i completely can accept that for what it is like I can unfortunately accept 
this was the way things were for uh, for Roy Thomas to be writing this this way. I will say, no matter for its shortcomings, when we're when we're begrudging its power sets, its its characters with its jive turkey, its rebellious youths, its <laughs> its the man dads that show up, uh, the the generic like. Oh, I used my soul gem and now I'm exhausted. And it's just like we didn't. I just don't think they completely knew what to do yet. It's the first couple of issues, and it never. And then, and and then that didn't really get off the ground before they're like, no, let's give him his own magazine and let's see what we can do there. And it's groping around in the dark trying to feel for what works. And likewise, half of like it feels like the first couple of pages of each issue are recaps of things that have already happened because they weren't thinking about a collector's market. This wasn't something they ever thought was going to get slapped together in a Marvel Masterworks volume. This I mean, they barely some... understood trade paperbacks at the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean those were just, things that there was no yeah. sense in that. So they had, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I got to reread this thing. And and it's funny because sometimes they put a little bit of extra. Um, emphasis on stuff. Is this my one or two? There we go. So, what it what it gets down into is that the high evolutionary is going back and forth on whether or not he should just destroy Counter Earth and give up on the idea. And failed experiment. Yeah, and Warlock is constantly just like, no, you have to let me at least try. And he's constantly being like pulled into a thrall or into this like trance to talk to the high evolutionary and they kind of get on each other's cases a little bit and uh they eventually get it cleared up it's just like no you gotta let me just do this please and i know you don't owe me anything but i feel like i'm capable of doing that and that's the thing is is adam warlock a bleeding heart who is incapable of just accepting the 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 unfortunate fate that is going to come to counter earth I thought of him as more of a uh, a wannabe Jesus. Exactly. It's it, this is a Jesus uh, allegory all the way through. The high evolutionary is God. Man beast is Satan. You know. I mean, he's crucified at the end of the story on a cross. Right. And uh, and what's more, when we get into the Jim Starlin thing, he even has a flight of fancy for someone who had been a prostitute. I mean, it, it, the the parallels just come again and again and again. So, this is what I qualify as egregious detail. We have gone into a whole lot over this business. What it eventually boils down to is that one of these kids gets killed. <laughs> and that, in and of itself, is like... I think Gwen I Stacy that. was the only person who ever died under such unfortunate circumstances. There was I no way. I couldn't believe that it happened. And then it haunts him. It just absolutely haunts him. And then he uses the soul gem and he starts sucking people into the gem. And it haunts him that he has taken their souls. But he doesn't really even understand what it is and how he's capable of it. I think the honest to goodness redeeming quality of this is the idea that there is a counter earth where there is a heroic Victor Von Doom looking out for the benefit of all mankind, not just the Latverians, not just himself. He's not out for revenge. He is best friends with Reed Richards, even though they've grown apart because they're, they're 
rival confederates, basically, in the scientific community. And unfortunately, Reed Richards is the flip side of the coin, where he he becomes a, the villain of one issue, and um, he is uh, a uh, he is a, a like a he is another t- different type of monster that shows up in the moonlight or something. You know, it's just one of these things that happens. And Warlock has to defeat him, but not until this all happens in front of the cameras. We get into a situation where we're basically looking at the ultimate universe. When you've got a world that doesn't have superheroes and there is one and only superhero and it's Adam Warlock and the entire counterculture are all praising this guy and all of the establishment are wondering what his agenda is. It's like watching, uh, it's like watching Man of Steel. It's like watching... Um, actually, I can't think now, of anything else off the top of now, my head that really works now, for that. Before we get too far more into it, though, what is his power set as as of this moment? Uh, he's super strength. He can levitate. He he's basically a super soldier, and that's all he's got without the uh, infinity gem stuck in his head, the soul gem in particular. And what what did the soul gem add to him? He didn't know. And that's the thing. Roy Thomas, I don't think that he knew. If he was in front of us, I would ask him, what was his plan? And because I think that it's, it was, a, I think that it was an organic concept that developed over the course of several issues. And I think that it's now, something that he uh, sat around on the train thinking about, what am I going to do with this thing? What does it do? How do I develop it? I think Jim Starlin is the guy that figured out what to do with it. I, I agree. And uh, when it comes to a plan, though, one thing that really stood out for me just from uh, issue one to issue two of uh, Adam Warlock is that uh, at the beginning of issue two, you see at the, the top, John Mishima layouts. That uh-huh. mm-hmm. stood out like a sore thumb to me because I was like, wait a minute, why is this guy... Okay, so they bring in, they bring in this heavy hitter to do the layouts. And then, of course, at the very bottom, not to mention Tom Sutton finish art. And then it, comparing the artwork from issue one to issue two, you see these grandiose, oh, like, yeah. you, you you see a lot of architecture. You see a lot of different perspectives. Thank you. You, you see a lot words. of, yeah. you see a lot of uh, the, the type of things that directors slave over about a perspective when you're going into this shot. Um, or, or, or if you're going to swoop into this, into this scene. Um, and then issue two was a, like, I, I think that the edit, like from what I ascertained from the way it drastically changed was, I didn't think they thought that issue one was Marvel enough. And then issue two, is all <laughs> these, all these, like, you know, he's being held back and there's a punch to the face. There's all these baddies in this room and it's just, it's so much more action. I think they had a problem with it. Are you talking like, about uh, Are you talking about the Marvel premiere or the Warlock issues? Warlock issues. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say because the uh, the material that we've got to work with in the Marvel premiere is astonishing. The degree of expression on everyone's faces is just it's 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 incredible. Uh, even I, if you aren't I, going to read these books. Just do a Google image search of of uh, the interior pages. Uh, the, yeah, what, what? I'm sorry. Let me 
I bet it was a deadline issue. I bet these guys were just taking too damn long to pump these comics out. And it's in, in some aspects because uh, reading the history of the Marvel Universe, uh, that was one of the, the the big problems at that time when these uh, heavy existential comics that had all these far out cosmic ideas they had a lot of, they had a lot of trouble uh, meeting their deadlines that makes sense i mean when you talk about the kind of like you're talking about architecture and you're talking about uh and you're talking about backgrounds and stuff like that um you run into a lot of trouble when it comes to trying to ink that material and we had a lot we had a big conversation about inking last week but that was probably because i was watching some <laughs> youtube videos about about the concept of inking and when when you can feel like right. it's, it's done its job and when it's done too much of its job uh okay so so let's let, let's move along so yeah. what it, what it uh, amounts to we talked about premiere it gets out of this entire business because uh they had to, they shut down the book and so a little bit later let me figure out what year it was in particular a little bit later hold on hold on yeah. hold on hold on what book are they shutting down? Marvel Premiere or no? Marvel Adam Premiere Warlock? kept going. They, uh, they, the Warlock, uh, the power of Warlock. Uh, okay, before 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 you get to that, mm -hmm. what are some uh, in, any key issues that stand out to you? Any key baddies that we should you know really really oh, be? In? I mean, key baddies. I'm not going to go so far as to say that. I mean, it's worth reading specifically because you have this rec like you've got this recurring concept of of, Doc of Victor Von Doom. As a good guy, that in and of itself is just this fascinating, amazing thing. The Man Beast, he gets defeated, he comes back. He the Man Beast's like got this a power of hypnosis, and then he can like morph himself or use a costume to appear as this character named Rex Carpenter who was running mm -hmm. for president and then is president, and then it's like, is this right. somebody we can trust or not? And this whole business. And when you've got a Jesus now, character that might be more powerful than the pa than the president, it suddenly turns into, okay, so you've got the separation of church and state. The more I read this, the more I was like, Counter Earth is Counter Earth USA is like Rome with a Jesus character walking around in it, you know. But it ends on now, such uh, a cliffhanger. To to answer your question, yes, Thanos Quest is when we start mm. hearing infinite, infinity gotcha. gems. That's when. When he's after, after the gems themselves, he realizes what happens. And of course, uh, written by Starlin, this is coming from the pages of Silver Surfer as well. Uh, now, you're, you wanted to talk about uh, before we move on from the Adam Warlock series that gets canceled. I wanted to talk about how you and I were talking about a couple a couple weeks ago, a couple days ago. Yeah. About how this was almost like a Claremont situation. Where he's got an amazing situation going on. Yeah, it's his baby, and yes, then it, yes, it, it gets too good or too powerful, uh, or it, it or isn't making enough money, or might be able to make more money. And then the all these extra cooks come into the scene. They step on his toes, and all of a sudden he's got to finish things up in the pages of another comic book, like The Incredible Hulk. I don't. I don't. I don't think that anybody came in and, sh and and pushed him around i think that it just wasn't going it's not that it wasn't going anywhere fast it's that i think that the book well, got it was a, shut down it and, was a bi-monthly <clears throat> series by the end oh yeah all right yeah and I mean, you get down to that cliffhanger and the last 
let me see here. The last thing that it says is this particular clash will be concluded sometime, somewhere in the Marvel Universe, true believers. But the struggle eternal goes on within all, within all of us for good battling evil. It is never the end. And that's the Garbage. last moment. If you'd, been, if you'd been reading this and you didn't know it was getting canceled and you get that and you're like, this is an insane cliffhanger. The man-beast comes back and he's been masquerading as the president of the United States. That's basically Satan in the White House. And like, then and then and there, it's like, what the hell happened? So, like, how long was it before Roy Thomas was on The Incredible Hulk? And so he had Herb Trimple doing the uh, illustrations at that point. Unfortunately, I'm going to say this doesn't hold a candle to what was going on. Uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't. He, did, he Let me go back. It was Jerry Conway writing The Incredible Hulk, but Roy Thomas was the editor on The Hulk at that time. And they got into a situation where uh, they got the Hulk off of the Earth and he crash lands on Counter-Earth. And that's how they decided to conclude this whole story. The Hulk wanders around, gets into a bunch of trouble, doing Hulk stuff. And then, then we get into this whole business where the Man-Beast is running the country. But there's this pseudo-tiny revolution with Adam Warlock. And that's kind of how they finish it. They eventually just freaking crucify Adam Warlock uh, on a cross. And then some of the other new men... Um, bury him much like Christ was buried and the Hulk puts a stone over the front of the thing but he resurrects within so long and then they march on and are able to defeat uh, defeat the man beast and then he's everybody's like this is the problem I have with that ending because it didn't have the enormity the high evolutionary didn't get to make any kind of a decision on on whether or not sin would persist on this planet and instead of you know instead of staying and pushing the issue uh Adam Warlock's like no nope, I'm just going into space I'm going back to my other earth and that's kind of where it all stops until Jim Starlin gets attached Yeah that reminds me of the uh how they got rid of Poochie in the Simpsons where they they <laughs> they, they, they uh they decided they didn't like him anymore, and they, like, roughly, <laughs> terribly animated, like, where he's like, I'm going back to my planet now. And then they just took the animation cell and just just crudely shifted it up <laughs> and filmed it. <laughs> and, and then he was gone. <laughs> I think I remember uh, that. The, well, that was The okay. Simpsons? Yeah, it was Simpsons. I'm talking about Simpsons. All right, anyway, I so I Thanos like, Quest. I don't know. I felt like that was a different thing. Okay, go ahead. All right, so we got to move on. We got Thanos looking for the. We got a. We got Thanos looking for the uh, Infinity Gems now. They're Infinity Gems. Yeah, and he decides we've they're got... like the Infinity. I should call these the Infinity Gems. The the and... point. Well, the point of that is that he goes around. There was like a. There was like a, a small limited series where Thanos was going to all of these different incredibly powerful cosmic characters: the Stranger, the Champion, the Runner, the Gardener, etc. And he have, he has, he defeated them one those, after the other and got their gems from them. Aren't aren't all those guys like brothers of the collector? I you know I don't really remember, but some of them it's like why does this character even have a gem? Like this is the stupidest character. Like how could they possibly even <laughs> have this 
thing. They do, Like, Adam Warlock having the soul gem is one thing. Because at least he's well represented. But, like, it just felt like Jim Starlin developed some of these characters... And some of them, they were just, some of them were just easily defeated, you know, like the champion. Hi, I just fight. I live to fight and I go to all these planets and I fight and fight and fight and fight. And he had the power gem. And, okay, well, how uh, did, how did Thanos get the soul gem and the infinity gauntlet? That turns into an entire other business. And I, I have to find those issues. If I'm not, mis- I'm not going to say specifically because I don't want to lead anybody down the wrong path. But he was on, it was the Thanos quest. He he got all of these other gems, but he had already, uh, he'd already dispatched Adam Warlock from uh, the, uh, uh, how do I get to this? I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, we're getting to the Starlin material. There's so many different freaking storylines to keep track of that that's why it's so difficult. So we get into the Jim Starlin book. And Adam is, like, running around in space, and he encounters some woman who is immediately killed by characters from the Universal Church of Truth. We've been talking about Thanos so much that you almost forget the Magus. So we get right. into the whole business of... Uh, of uh, Because, okay, but just to clarify, yeah. uh, guys, like I said earlier, we got to talk about eight different people to That's, really yeah. get it it's, into it's Adam nuts. Warlock, is, is that... And I'm going to jump ahead just for a little second here. At the end of, or after the Infinity Gauntlet, Adam Warlock separates himself into three different beings. Uh, him himself, and then, of course, the bad side and the good side of him. He wants to remove any bits that could in any way uh, challenge pure, unadulterated logic. You're going to have to we've go got... into that business, because I have to reread that yeah. stuff. All right, so... That's when we get into Infinity War with the Magus. But before that, the Magus already existed. And um, tell us about the Magus. The Magus... uh, Okay, so this is nuts. Years ago, when I first read the um, War of the Kings and the Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire and stuff like that, the Annihilation books, I didn't know anything about the Universal Church of Truth. And I... It just the, kind you, of existed, and so it was something that was just out in the universe and was absorbing all of these alien characters, right? So it was just—it's kind of like the Necromongers in uh, the uh, Vin Diesel movies. What is that? The uh, Chronicles of Riddick. So yeah, those, it's just this rules. thing that's like, hey, we show up, we take over your world, we convert you. If you don't convert, you die. And our great leader is the Magus. Well. Adam Warlock comes into contact with this, and he's like, nobody should be doing that. I'm not going to let this happen. So he goes off, and he starts fighting these guys a little bit at a time. And the more he encounters them, uh, the more he uh, starts to get wind of what the Magus might be. And then he eventually meets Pip the Troll, who shows up all the time in 90s stuff. Uh, And... um, Pip is like the guy that kind of says, you know, hey, this is what this is what it's all about. This is what I'm aware of. And, okay, you know, you could you could be the guy that could stop all of this. And they don't like me. And they've almost killed off my entire race. You get into this (coughs) business where the Magus starts talking directly to Adam Warlock. And the and it gets more and more and more intense the closer you get to the end of this particular storyline. The idea 
that uh, <clears throat> that Adam might actually be the Magus, but the Magus is either a being who has been who is a corrupted Adam Warlock who came back in time, or he exists in all times simultaneously. That is not extremely well covered. The idea is that he gets to him and Adam Warlock realizes, oh my god, I'm, I can't turn into this guy. I've got to find a way to not turn into this guy. But how do you stop that from happening? Then he encounters this character, the Matriarch, who is the leader of the church uh, in its corporeal form. And she wants to get rid of the Magus, so she tries to kill Adam Warlock. Then she decides, no, I won't come to power. If uh, I kill the Magus, so I'm going to preserve Adam Warlock one way or the other. Um, they get into a whole lot of shenanigans. Adam starts going more and more insane. They keep throwing more and more crazy, bad dream situations at him. Like, you have a bad dream where you're on trial and, like, you have no defense lawyer. Or you've got these trumped up charges or whatever. And Warlock just rolls with it for a while until he's like, I, you know what, screw this. And he's like sucking people into the soul gem, but it's driving him crazy every time he does it. And then he even gets tried by a bunch of clowns, which simultaneously is interesting because I think by that point, the, Jim Starlin and the crew were getting pressure about what they were doing with this. And so some of the clown characters are actually representations of other guys who are editors at Marvel at the time. Um, <laughs> now, who I'm not going to say, but I will point to a YouTube, a YouTuber uh, who does uh, uh, who did a very good story, a very good um, retelling of this uh, Overlord. I think is what he goes by. It's worth checking out. But um, see the guy that did the uh, the Jim Shooter episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched the one about Jim Shooter a while back. and uh, Yeah, that guy was great. That guy yeah, was great. I got to say, yeah, dude, uh, whatever your name is, I don't recall. Uh, we like your show, and uh, we're going to watch more of it. Thank you for your material. Um, content. I love content. Uh, what else are we going to do, especially in this time of trials? So, um, yeah, I mean, like, the more the more Adam tries to get to the center of things, the more he starts to realize that he is absolutely going to get stuck with this. And he encounters the Magus face-to-face. And this is also the onset of Gamora, the character Gamora that everybody loves from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, who appears and is like, no, I'm going to help out with this situation. And she is an agent of Thanos. So the first appearance is in, I'm going to say, Warlock number eight, I believe. And, um, oh my God, dude. Yeah. You remember all of this, these like talking head panels, but oh, this yeah. isn't like the walking dead talking heads. There's something crazy to look at in every one of these. And it's all Gamora, surrealism. Gomorrah was strange tales. Number one eighty, also written by Jim Sterling. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. <laughs> so, I mean, we get into this whole business in this issue. Fascinatingly enough, the Mag- Magus tells his tale of how he got to power and, how he was corrupted and all of this stuff, and it has a lot to do with taking all of the power, taking all of these souls into the soul gem. Oddly enough, we start to see that the the cross, uh, the cross symbol that signifies the Universal Church of Truth, is the same cross on which Adam Warlock was 
crucified way back in Roy Thomas's work. But we get into this situation where, Doc, where, where he's like, okay, I've only got so many hours before the in-betweener is going to show up. And when he does, he's going to touch me. And then it's all over. And so you see this gigantic countdown happening for like several issues. And it really ramps up. Like, you're not going to put this down. You get to these issues in the Jim Starlin books and you're just like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And you're just eating through it. Also, yeah, we're going to say there's a lot of content on each and every page. It's a, it is a wall of information, but it also happens a lot faster than those, uh, than those you know, the 20 cent covers as you would, would have seen it. So Gamora keeps like, it's like what, why, are, why are you trying to help? What are you going to do? Well, Thanos throws himself in as the wild card here. And he's right. saying, I've got to get your soul gem to be able to live up to what my purpose is. But I'm not going to let the Magus become this powerful. And this is where it gets crazy because I started remembering the Thanos book we read most recently with young Gamora being picked up and then being on the sanctuary right. ship. And then the Magus would appear to Thanos that and was constantly, constantly taunting him. Exactly. And it's like, dude, if you go back and you reread that and then read this, it's this perfect circle. It is that paradox perfect circle. I can't remember. Who, who wrote that book? I don't even remember who we, who we were. Uh, can you look that up for a second? Like, yeah. You got to know that that, that, the, that creative team came back and was like, oh, yeah, we got we to gotta go in there and say, like, why would Thanos show up and try to thwart the Magus plan? Well, because, you know, the Universal Church of Truth is trying to convert everybody, and this is a very powerful figure that makes it impossible for Thanos to realize himself. So Thanos is side-by-side side with Warlock, and if you thought that the battle sequences that were going on in Endgame were something... The comics, this is on par with that, if not better. Instead of leading a gigantic army against the Avengers and all the heroes of Earth, Thanos, Adam Warlock, Gamora, and Pip the Troll are physically fighting an army of 25,000 church followers. And they kill all of them. They defeat and kill every one of them. So the idea that Adam Warlock is genocidal comes into the picture. Not only did we have a kid die in an issue, not only did the man beast almost make him crazy enough to go out on a rampage, like uh, a la Superman three. Uh, not only does Adam Warlock kill 25,000 church followers, Thanos is eventually like, no, leave this to me. You've got to go on. You've got to escape this whole situation and blah, blah, blah. He Just come, real quick, it yeah. was uh, Thanos. Uh, one of the latest, well, latest issues of Thanos number one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Teeny Howard, Ariel mm -hmm. Olivetti. Uh, yeah, that's a, a small series where we see Gamora becoming more and more in his favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We liked it a lot. She was a child. She starts losing body parts and getting cybernetic stuff. She starts turning into somebody that can actually defend herself as a child and have to throw off all of the uh the black order characters and uh, it goes murder on murder people oh yeah she was she was she develops into somebody who's quite awful in that um 
my God. I mean, this is just this. This is where I was really enjoying this. Like I was sitting out in my hammock, just powering through these issues. Uh, what last week? And that's the whole business. He, uh, Adam Warlock eventually lets the soul gem take over and he starts sucking all of these people in. But then the in-betweener shows up and takes him into his own kismet, basically. And Adam realizes the only way that he can stop from becoming the Magus is by destroying lines of confluence within his own kismet. So he starts going in and eliminating himself a little by little by little. And that is so weird because then you're like essentially committing suicide and he knows that that's what he's got to do. And this concept was put into fruit into circulation by Thanos, which is crazy because then you're like, okay, well, I've got a devil after me. Well, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to let this other devil take the power because I can't, I don't want to turn into a devil. And like, it's just nuts. It's just so crazy that this is all going down. What it what it eventually boils down to is that he 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 more or less Marty McFly on the photograph like he zaps himself a little bit little by little by little to the point where the magus starts to disappear because he eventually I don't know how to even quantify this. He erases he, parts he, of himself. He erases parts of himself in order to prevent future timelines that would in any way yeah. end in the existence of the Magus. The sad, the sad feature of it is uh, there's one solid page where Adam Warlock reappears. And he appears before himself at a future time, beaten and destroyed. And he's like, you finally come. And he's like, oh, it was just a minute ago for me. And he's like, it's been eternities. And, and he's like, my life is this horrible thing. It's a failure and I welcome its end. And so Adam takes himself into the soul gem. But it is a future version of himself that hasn't happened yet. And what was totally mind-blowing was that when you get to, uh, of what is it, Avengers Annual number nine? I'm flipping to the right pages here. The one we read the other day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make sure I've got exactly the right thing. No, it's Avengers Annual, King Size Annual number seven from 1977. You've all seen this cover before. It is one of the serious Thanos stories. The first time the Avengers battled Thanos. And that's where it all comes full circle. Because there are several issues of Adam Warlock and Pip the Troll running around doing other crap, uh, you know, out in the universe before we get to this issue where Thanos is coming to Earth and he is going to blow up our sun. That was his plan. I'm going to blow up all of these suns and it's going to kill all these people in the universe and that's going to be, be like... Uh, Please death. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so he's on his way there and... The Avengers and Captain Marvel and Moondragon also. Uh, love her, love her. She's she's such a oh, she's yeah. such a, uh, a an underutilized character that has so much great potential, and I they're doing such a good. Yeah, it's they're hard. Doing a, I think to do stuff with her. They're doing a great job with her right now in Guardians. Oh, that's true. Yeah, especially. I mean, I love the. I I really appreciate the fact that she is 
that she and Philavel in that reality or in that storyline are from an alternate reality. Um, so yeah, like Thanos and his entire fleet are on the way to Earth, and Adam. War- this is the thing: Adam Warlock shows up when it's important. And he's like, hey guys, this is what's going to happen, and this is how crazy things are going to get, and this is what we've got to do. And they have to fight through all of Thanos' different um, uh, pirates and stuff like that. And then you think about how there are all of these different cosmic cubes in Marvel Comics that different groups or entities create for whatever reason. Thanos has developed his own kind of uh, giant gemstone that Captain Marvel ends up finding a way to accidentally... I'm sorry, it's Iron Man accidentally kind of shatters it, and that brings everything to a halt. But in that moment, Captain Marvel is... And I'm talking about Marvel, not talking about Sherry Marvel, yeah. uh, ...finds uh, that moment that we just talked about where Adam Warlock sucked himself in the future into the Soul Gem. This Adam Warlock in, in Avengers is the Warlock that gets sucked into the Soul Gem in that moment. And so the circle is complete. And that's, okay. that's insane. It took like, I don't know, like five years for the opportunity to present itself to create that situation. And that's the crazy thing about Adam Warlock is that it dots along through time. And so, so and people will set something up that someone will decide, we got to go back and we got to do something with that. It's incredible. So where are we now? We're, we're right before Infinity Gauntlet, correct? No, this was 1977 when that happened. Oh, damn. So Adam Warlock makes his next appearance in like Marvel 2-in-1 with Thing and uh, Spider-Man. And they're doing stuff against Thanos... But, like, at the end of that first business, Thanos got turned into uh, stone and, like, um, was floating around the universe just as stone. So that was Thanos' first death. And it wasn't until Jim Starlin got the reins to say, hey, I want to do a crazy cosmic tale some years later that he was like, this is what we're going to do with Thanos. We're going to resurrect Thanos. That'll resurrect Drax. The destroyer, not the not the fun Drax that you get in the uh, in the uh, Guardians movies, but the um, the kind of dumb like one teaspoon smarter than the Hulk version of Drax that runs around. And so when Jim Starlin started working on Silver Surfer in the early '90s, that's when things get really crazy with the whole Infinity Gems aspect. So that's the next big that's the next big point is the yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlet. Essentially right, so, it's the lead ups, it's like the preludes to the Infinity Gauntlet. It's the Thanos quest, going around and getting the Infinity Gems. It's the uh it's him becoming all powerful and sitting on the throne next to he's Mephisto? like I want I want the death to sit on the throne next to me. We'll rule the universe together and she's she won't talk to him. And she, uh, because now she is beneath him because he's all powerful. And so for several issues of uh, Silver Surfer, um, the Surfer's going around trying to figure out what the heck's going on and why the cosmic balance is out of sync. All right, so 
we can fast forward to what really happened in Infinity Gauntlet because I think we everybody's all, read that, right? <laughs> or or no exact or a good good gist of the idea, other than the fact that the the ending the ending is different. So uh, we we're we're ending here, and the the real kicker is that Adam Warlock is all of a sudden part of the main story, and he's the one that eventually is wielding the gauntlet at the end. Okay. Uh, Thanos gets blown up, which was so just uh, anticlimactic. They just like like they just kind of shoot him out there and just boom. And we've got Adam Warlock wielding the gauntlet. In which case, he decides that uh, a he can't hold it on his on his own. And uh, didn't he have like a there wasn't there a council like everyone was like uh, we can't have them all together, or was it he that made the decision to split the gems up among the Infinity Watch? I feel like he did it. Uh, you know, they. It was that. It was that. It, You're it was right. Like it was. Every, everyone was pissed about that. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, everyone was pissed about that. And we got the Infinity Watch, and he's got his own little mini team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the Infinity Watch. Uh, bringing up list of we got Drax the Destroyer. Uh, Gamora and Drax was such a dummy back in the day, it's man. Really like, frustrating to read him. Yeah, like, I, I like 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 dummy Hulk, not not like not like how nonsensical Drax is in the in the movies where he's made to be comical and a but still strong and and have coherent thoughts. I mean, he might as well have been like Hulk Smash. And <laughs> yeah. we got Maximum, we got Moon Dragon, we got Pit the Troll, and. Adam Warlock, and eventually uh, Thanos does join the fold in before we get to, in, well, at the beginning of Infinity War. Anything in between you want to go about Infinity <laughs> Infinity Watch? It's like I got to like pause after I say Infinity, make sure I say the right goddamn thing. <laughs> I know, it gets uh, so convoluted. The thing being yeah. that the Infinity Gauntlet was such a, a good moneymaker, it was such a good, interesting story, and it it questions a lot of things, and the whole idea of absolute power, uh, and how do you how do you stop someone that's got that? And it's we're talking about forces of nature, necessary sort of. I and, mean, and, you know, and, and existential thought all mixed into one. And exactly. then at the same, and at the same time, you've got like I, I feel like they felt like it was a solid formula. Okay, so Infinity Watch. Yeah, they're reluctant. They're reluctantly a team. Adam Warlock didn't really want them to be together, but at the same time, though, they're on Monster Island, and Mole Man is helping these guys out. And like, what? <laughs> I remember was reading that like that that the Mole Man was in some way uh, not some dumb asshole pissed off that you know that they're drilling or something like that, <laughs> and and he's he's helping these guys out. And that's uh, do you, do you have anything to say about Infinity Watch? really at all because I, I read no nothing I some, mean, some of them the problem and, and, i have with all of that stuff is like i say it was let's slap the word infinity on anything because right now that's what's selling it's like <laughs> infinity crisis out, let's let's <laughs> stick secret something on everything secret wars secret whatever and see if that goes let's stick right. ultron on something that's hot and then it's the same thing years and years later civil war 2 infinity whatever i mean it's just they're they're recycling the same concepts. Maybe the stories are vaguely different, but they're not they're not that much they're not that much different, you know. Right. So Adam gives everyone a gem because he doesn't feel like everyone that it should ever be really all at once again. 
Right. And he, he assembled the right people. Uh, Pip, man, that that was a little hard to digest, especially uh, when he reveals where he hides it, just in between his toes. And Thanos is just like, yeah, the last place anyone would look. <laughs> that that's where he's keeping it. I mean, there's a lot of little things that happen in between, like uh, the the pocket verse that he makes. Um, uh, Requiem. I mean, there's a lot of little things, but I mean, Loki came in every now and then, but it, it just, it, it was, it was so hard. It was so hard to, to read. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and, and I, I hate saying that because I love Adam Warlock. Like the, the idea of him, like just struck a chord in me, but every time anything happens, he's, he shows up at the end or he's whining and bitching through most of the entire thing, and then finally decides to do something, yeah. and then I boom! Think, I think you're right. Even in Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning's Guardians stuff, and in uh, Annihilation, they made him more of a regular character that you could do something with, um, but it wasn't like he was this beyond reproach character that was struggling with who he was. It was just this whole business of like, I've got to be careful that I don't ever turn into the Magus and like, how are, let's go out and we're going to do something. And he's going to let Peter Quill tell him what to do. Star Lord. Like that's a whole other thing, guys. If you haven't read any of the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning guardians of the galaxy, it is the same and it is different than the movies. Yeah, but like you can take the characters a lot more seriously. Um, Anyway, I don't know what to say there, but like uh, other than that, but like having Adam Warlock on the team, it was like making him a guardian for a while. It was like that seems completely obvious, and yet absolutely, and yet at the same time, how does that work? And it totally worked, you know. But it was weird because those characters never really seemed to be able to understand how to work together. And they're constantly we're, we're like, getting, oh, we're going to go off. Getting ahead of yourself. Well, that's the getting thing. Adam is exactly the same thing. Why is Adam ever doing anything where he's not completely in control of this is what we've got to be doing, you know? Well, that leads us into, because I don't want to confuse anyone. Uh, he's talking about the uh, late 2000s uh, Guardians of the Galaxy of the Abnet. Uh, just jumping ahead real quick, oh, yeah, but sure. uh, ne- next big story after Infinity Watch is Thanos realizes that they, there's uh, something really going wrong, uh, like uh-huh. the way the surfer surfer felt there was an imbalance, and yeah. he he's on his little farm. He puts his he puts his armor on and he uses this like like an inter like a inter not interdimensional oh, but the more chair? like. Yeah, that chair oh, the that chair just transports awesome. him. Yeah, that transports him here to there, and he encounters the the Magus. And what he finds is this giant citadel floating in the middle of nowhere, starting an Infinity War. And he goes in, and he sees this immensely colossal gem. And they, they never really get too far into saying what the gem was, other than it was housing uh, a bunch of tesseracts. Okay. Uh, like a a bunch of different types of cosmic cubes in different shapes, and Magus shows up like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> and he's like, uh, "What's going on here?" I mean, like that's basically the, the interaction that they have in the first issue. Uh, uh, again, Jim Starlin, uh, yeah. penciler Ron Ron Lim, and he's like, "Okay, so I'm not going to tell you my whole evil story here, 
all you need to know is is I already have more power than I need, and you're you're gonna have a lot of fun seeing what I'm gonna what what, what I'm really going for. And poof, he sends uh, Thanos out. Uh, Doctor Strange gets a hair up his ass that something's wrong too. Oh yeah, that makes but, perfect sense. And, but also at the same time, we've got uh, Doctor Doom, and that's that's my absolute favorite part of Infinity War mm-hmm. was Doctor Doom that uh, calls out to nowhere, and you're like, who is he talking to? Who is he praying for? And Kane the Conqueror shows up, and he's like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, where? Like, of course, that quintessential, like, where am I? Like, okay, okay, I, I, I think I've been here. Okay, no, I know where I am. And okay, so we've got to fight the Magus. Adam Warlock is encountered by Thanos, who shows up on Monster Island and says, "Hey, we get we've got a problem. Magus is alive and well." And why? Like, I, I eliminated all the possibilities of him ever ever existing again. And as the story progresses, he realizes that. And I, I wonder if they they realize this or if this is just me looking like way too far into things when it comes to like dissecting something as literature, but the Magus is an inevitability because when Adam, when Adam Warlock took over, he wanted to make sure that all his decisions uh, took over the gems and decisions for the gems that he was going to eliminate any possibility of his logic ever being questioned inside his own his own self again that transcendental quality but not that really lame french existentialism that really just bores yeah. everybody mm. more emerson type stuff and he Sucking separates all the good <clears throat> yeah he gets all he, he eliminates the good and all the bad from his essence from his mind from his being to ever ever convolute his decisions doing that he created the magus again mm-hmm the Magus encounters. Uh, I mean, there's a new uh, baddie in uh, in the Flash named Paradox that re- reminds me of this kind of idea, where he ends up coming to like a nexus of ideas and time, where he's stuck there for so many years. Like when you said earlier, like it's been it's been not years you said it was uh, it's been infinity <laughs> or, oh yeah or, it's just it's yeah. been an eternity is kind of what it, it, it says yeah, like, no, it's been it's been, it hasn't been that long it just felt like it makes his choice of what he wants to do mm-hmm. gathers the the power the, the 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 different tesseracts that they have and creates this citadel Thanos shows up says hey we've got a problem I'm on your side right now yeah which was a lot of fun because Thanos was actually legit trying to figure this out to where he was going to be able to, um, you know, stop the Magus from ever taking over. But of course he's Thanos. So he's obviously going to want to steal it from him at the end. And we've got this, the, the, the way, the way it integrated in the Marvel universe was all the good guys uh, were encountering doppelgangers at the time that right, were, yeah. being, were being manifested by the Magus and which Thanos kept seeing himself and the Thanos doppelganger is actually in cahoots with the Magus. Yeah. He's basically his kind of crony, which was really odd seeing that again, something that I was hindered by, by my knowledge of everything that's happened uh, recently within the last, I want to say 15 years of Thanos in any way being subservient to anybody. And Magus is like, okay, no, 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 just do this. And he, he keeps calling him his consort. Like, he kept having this weird word for him. Like, it was, it was odd. 
Now, pausing to make sure I'm not convoluting my own brain here because this is a whole web of <laughs> story here. Yeah. Uh, Reed Richards figures this out at the same time, gathers all all the main good guys in in Marvel, all, all the heavy hitters, all the all the D listers, all the F listers too. Uh, X Factor. Yeah, it, it was it was and that, that was another thing. It was weird seeing that the X Men involved in an Avengers story because that never works. It never works mm-hmm. when you try to try to mix X Men with Avengers. It, it just it becomes they're they're too big for their own good on on each side. And okay, so this is what's going on, and we have to figure out how to stop these guys. Adam Warlock shows up, and they're they're trying to you know with with the Infinity Watch, and they're trying to hide that Thanos is part of their their group, and they they organize a plan in order to you know to stop it. Mm-hmm. The problem is is getting there. It, it's not something that you can just say okay he's here in space. They had to go through so many different warp holes and in in frequencies kept changing that the magus had in place to you know to divert people but everything was like perfect clockwork the only thing that that the magus didn't calculate for was how efficient doom and kang were going to be getting to his citadel uh, all right yeah my favorite again my favorite part was was those two because they're like yeah only we could do it only we could do it there only the power of us could do this while at the same time uh well well at the same time like man i can't wait to betray your ass i'm gonna stab you so bad and then and then uh kang's like man i man i can't wait to that moment when he realizes i'm betraying him like every almost every scene of them had that that little bit but they were powerful i mean they were on like it's doom and kang Dude, for real. The, yeah. Like those that, those two. great duo. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Hero Clicks uh, <laughs> duo sets ever. Yeah, so they get there at the, the Citadel first. Mm-hmm. Adam Warlock is, and this is what, even though, again, we're talking about him because we want you to like him, but at the same time, it was driving me crazy, is he turns into this like whiny little bitch the whole time. Like, oh, this is my fault. Oh, if only I'd done this. And he's so lethargic through it. He's he's basically tagging along reluctantly while the hero's like, no, we got to figure this out. Like, like we'll break whatever we got to break and we'll figure out what we got to do when we get there. Turns out the whole idea of what the Magus was after was the, was, you know, the, the gauntlet. Yeah. It was the gauntlet. Uh, right when Adam's like, okay, let's do this. Give me the gems. They don't work. Uh, not to mention the fact that at the same time, the whole reason this is going on is because Infinity had been somehow put into a, a, a coma that he could not be woken from. And they, they try to activate the, the gauntlet, and it's it, it's inoperable. It doesn't work because uh, after the Infinity Infinity War – I'm sorry, Infinity Gauntlet, you know, the, the high evolutionary – and no, not high evolutionary, uh, the, uh, the, the, the living tribunal – yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that they they decide. You know the the the, the switching heads. Uh, you know these aren't going to work together as per Infinity's wishes because you know we don't, we can't let that happen again. Galactus, who is one of the best parts about it, is Galactus is working in tandem with them. I mean, like being on yeah. Galactus' ship. Uh, Doctor Strange well, was working with Galactus. Let me go so far as to say that when leading up to the Infinity Gauntlet, Galactus didn't know anything about it happening, and Silver Surfer was running around trying to figure out what was what. 
he ends up going to Galactus and talking to him about it. And Galactus is like, yeah, okay. But like you get into those sequences in the Infinity Gauntlet when things are getting really serious and you have those gigantic celestial characters hovering like, uh, are we going to get involved or are we going to like see how this plays out and whether or not it affects us? Agreed. All right. So uh, mm. they got to figure out how we're going to do this. And Galactus is like, okay, uh, he takes Gamora with him and he he finds he finds infinity and he summons the living tribunal and says hey like this is what's going on we need these to work again mm-hmm. and as the the minds are spinning like no uh we're deciding no but if you can if you can get the permission from infinity if he says yes then i'll say yes too uh galactus it was so funny because he 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 takes Gamora's essence and sends her into Infinity to reawaken him, and she comes out of it. They don't even really even show it what what she really does, like other than like bouncing back and forth like a pinball. And she comes out of it pissed off. Infinity wakes up, realizes what's going on, and says, "Okay, let's do this." Right then was when the Magus was like about to be just struck down dead, and he gets the gauntlet. <laughs> He gets the gauntlet right there. They didn't, they didn't expect it happening. He he, right when he gets it is right when Infinity says yes, and the, the gems work, and then boom, colossal battle. We're talking some of the best splash pages I've ever seen. <laughs> when when Adam realizes what's going on and what he has to do, and that even though that Magus is wearing the, the gauntlet, him simply grasping it at the same time. Grants in the same powers as things are shifting oh, back wow. and forth. All right. So so amorphously as as the Magus is learning how to deal with the power of the gauntlet. As in in, in to put that in perspective, uh, think about the movies when uh, nothing a mere mortal could really hold even just a gem, let alone the the entire gauntlet, which is why the, the power killed Tony so quickly. He only had enough in him to just do one the snap. And fix everything, and then dead. The problem was was distracting the Magus with this huge, seemingly interdimensional time and space are ripping apart. Uh, the way that they drew the characters expanding and 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 changing oh, yeah, into different yeah. things uh, because they had to distract him long enough to, to figure out how to get him off of it, get get it off of him before he's fully grasp the power and it's not like in in some way in like the power incapacitates you at first right but he's doing but he's learning how to use it exponentially faster than anyone has ever been able to do and adam adam saves the day again we're it, it wasn't a snap it was the realization of how to trap how to trap the the Magus? Uh, like they did it in X Men, where they're you you think you're fighting this guy, but in all actuality, you're you're he's holding he's holding you in his palm with a an apparition of himself fighting you until you realize uh-huh. he's just gonna he's just gonna close his palm and then it's over. And I always like that concept. I, I I did too, I did too. <clears throat> and of course, there's a couple different mysteries. Uh, who broke the containment unit of the of the 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 different cosmic cubes? The, we'll get to that in a little bit because we've talked <laughs> about the Magus being the, the the bad version of Warlock, and there's a good version, the Goddess. 
right? The goddess, and so that you know that that's the good version of him. And he traps the Magus in the soul gym, and he's like, "No, I can get out of this. I can think my way out of this." And he sees other people that are in the soul gym that can't see or hear him, and he he realizes he's trapped in a place worse than hell. I mean, it, it, he's completely deprived of his senses and then being able to see. He can't smell. He can't taste. He can't touch. He has no way out. And yeah. that's that was that was the again the existential ending of what, what to really defeat something, uh, and, and and it hit me because I always thought that hell wouldn't be a place of fire and brimstone and me getting poked and tortured forever. It would be me floating in an in eternal nothing with no sight, no senses, uh, trapped in my own mind in extreme loneliness. Man, I had a recurring dream about that when I was a little kid. Just like, you know, when you see people in interviews and they're in a they're on a white cyclorama, there's just this white going off in every direction. Where you watch THX 1138, and that's how they yeah. they put people in prison is they're just out in the middle of nowhere forever, and it's just this endless room. Uh, yeah, that concept is it's it's the it's the eternal nothing, the the loneliness of eternal nothing. I think that really messes with some people. Well, they added even worse to it. I mean, like, uh, if, if sensory deprivation is not something that should ever be taken lightly, the Soviets could break someone uh, for the could break someone's mind for the rest of their life without even touching them, other than putting them in a sensory deprivation chamber mm-hmm. in, in in the in the rubber suit, and in fifteen minutes they're done. Yeah. Like their mind is broken. And okay, so that's one thing being trapped in, in a nothing. But being trapped in a place that you can't touch and you can see everyone and hear everyone, but they can't see or hear you, and you can do nothing about it. Oh, but like Mark like an extra follow was in a movie about that. <laughs> yeah, it's an, an extra an extra spice to that that sort of torture and ending. Mm-hmm. But again, like I feel that Adam is like. I mean, this is such a crude analogy, but like he's like the the star running back. That's he's catching the ball and making the touchdown, but no one cares about him because he's not Peyton Manning that threw the touchdown. Yeah, that makes some sense. It's always a question: What are you going to do with this guy? Like, is he a showrunner, or is he a is he a uh, a tentpole character? Should he have his own ongoing magazine? I think that. That's that's a question we were asking at the beginning. I think this is the place to ask that. What do you do with Adam Warlock? Uh, I I really think you need to have some balls to do it, man. Like this is something that it, you you can't approach it lightly and just be okay. He's going to be the ultimate good guy, or he's going to be the ultimate bad guy. Because every time they do that, it it it's not that it doesn't work. It's just it, he's never the main character, even in his own books. Like it's 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 just it's it's a hard concept to grasp. Like like it's something too like you said heady. Yeah, I and, I, I dig what you're saying. He's you have to have other characters for things to bounce off of. And even when you get into whoops, even when you get into some of these other uh, crazy characters from the seventies, they are limited. Like you can't just have Snake Eyes running around in his own magazine. He's got to have other people talking to him and talking about the circumstances and narrating it. It's very hard to have a silent issue. 
And that's what uh, that's what I think happens a lot with 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 Adam Warlock. Like, what is it that's what when when you're talking about would Adam Warlock have worked on Earth if he had decided I'm going to go there and I'm going to try to rid the world of sin? I don't think that would ever have made any sense. And then that would have made him counter Earth was the only way they could make that story. And I, I agree with you 100% on that, because if he, he'd have showed up to regular Earth to, to remove sin, he would have been a bad guy. Like, like it's, it's one of those things where, where, where we're talking about spies, where mm-hmm. uh, each spy believes they're working for the good guys. Uh, he's there to eliminate sin, but he's going to take out a lot of people to do it. And people that are going to be missed, people that even the heroes, Earth's mightiest, are, are, are going to miss and want to fight for. Like with the goddess having 30 cosmic cubes, they're still plotting against her, and she's trying to do the, the, that same thing. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's a conundrum because where the Magus is, is inherently evil, and he's trying to hurt people, and the goddess who thinks she's doing good is, is again, at the same time, hurting people. Yeah. Like it, you can't just show up and and decide like you know way Thanos did and I mean like God even just thinking about that is another existential problem where was Thanos really wrong like you know we're talking about resources here in in the movie he that's, wasn't trying to please death like I think the way that's he does the, sad the comics fact of it I think that yeah. people I think that the when you're gonna when you're gonna have a movie that's going to reach a mass audience you've got to ask yourself do we do a thing with Thanos where He's worshiping death. And I've always thought that was the disappointment was that if Hela was the goddess of death in Thor Ragnarok, it would have been incredible for Thanos to come out of nowhere and be like, oh, my God, there she is. I've been looking for her since she was uh, trapped by Odin all that time ago. And now I finally accumulated the power to be her equal and whatever. It would have been incredible to have Cate Blanchett as death in those two movies, but that's not the direction they went because it's too heady. It's way too heady. Like you could have, she could have been calling to him as a baby because as a baby, death was calling to him as as a child, precisely as a child. And I would have totally been all in for that sort of story. I'm not saying I'm, I'm mad they didn't do it. I'm just saying that still would have been pretty cool, but it's man. I, I can't imagine what sort of, uh, back and forth in writers' meetings that they had to do uh, for God, even the the first Avengers compared to the 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 last one in Endgame. They've got all these Easter eggs. They've got things they got to set up. They've got characters they got to introduce. I mean, like even for a little bit, like at the end when at, at Tony's funeral, did it took me a minute to realize who that one kid was standing yeah. there? That was the like, like okay, because he was like the kid from Iron Man now. Three. Yeah, from Iron Man Three. That's the whole question. It's like when it when it, when it comes down to is <laughs> it's also the kid from the, the Jurassic Park movie. Uh, what do you, what are you going to do with all that many characters and who's going to be represented properly and how does it make any sense? And then for it to be a to be a throwback to something that wasn't largely considered to be a success. I don't really know that many people who like Iron Man three. I particularly like it. Um, I really enjoy that movie, and uh, I do too. I do too. Uh, I'm a I'm a big guy uh, Guy Pierce fan though. But oh gosh, dude, yeah, I love Guy Pierce. I was just now, thinking so... about him in uh, the King's speech today because I watched the OETA presentation 
that uh, or well, maybe it was I think I can't remember. It was the uh, a show about uh, Queen Elizabeth in World War Two, and of course we're talking about how a long story. Anyways, you know abdications well, and how she became queen. But now let's let's <clears throat> let's jump ahead to two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Uh, Abnet Guardians. We've oh, got yeah, right on. Adam actually part of the team. How did you feel that he interacted with them? I mean, like I, I stopped you earlier because I wanted That's to. That's a good point. Wanna... If he doesn't have his own book and nobody's doing anything with him, then it would be crazy if Adam Warlock were available and interested not to have him come join your team. And it was all this whole business of like, okay, well, we're trying to save the galaxy. Well, that's always been Adam's M.O. To save everybody. To be something for everyone. And the question is like, how do you save people that don't know they need saving? And then how do you save people who don't want it? Because in then, then it, then it turns into a question of like, you know, Captain America knows the difference. In those in those moments, and then, yeah, but, but Captain, I don't know if Adam but, Warlock but, does. But Captain America is a human. He's he's obviously superpowered because of the. But the, Adam the Warlock is super beyond so- human. He, he's beyond human. Like at, Captain America can can make decisions for humanity because he is part of us, yeah. or at least once was one of us and remembers what it was like to be weak. He, he's not going to make these big decisions that involve. Having to, you know, let's eliminate sin. Yeah, that's a great idea to eliminate sin. But you can't do that because in order to eliminate sin, you have to eliminate good because one can't exist yet without the other. It's the very definition well, the that whole, they, de- they, de- they the define That's the problem with counter-earth. The entire aspect of it that man-beast came in and this is where it gets heady. Where man-beast goes in and he's like, oh, I'm going to do this to you because you shunned us and you shunned your new men and... And, uh, you know, it's like, well, why weren't there any angels? Why do, if, if there are demons running around, why didn't the high evolutionary have a bunch of angels running around down there too? characters that were that, that's a whole crazy heady question. The question of whether or not Adam Warlock can participate in a guardian story. It worked. It was entertaining. It was interesting. And it was like. Because they were they were dealing with the Universal Church of Truth, so of course he's going to come in. And you had Cardinal Riker coming around, and it's like, okay, well, these guys are showing up with all the other Cardinals, and they're like effing things up big time. And it was between um, Secret Invasion, and it was before, and it was after Annihilation and stuff like that. And it was, I believe, preceding War of the Kings. I can't recall. Gosh, I need to reread that stuff. That was gold that now, was I, I, that was all of that stuff is what turned me on to cosmic marvel anyways well cosmic was, marvel it, hmm? it's it's something it's something you have to make the constant decision to make the effort you can't just pick up a cosmic marvel book and right off the bat figure out ascertain what's going on yeah. like you're not you're not going to be able to write the first page and the last issue and what's been going on right now you can't really do that with cosmic marvel now, uh, again, uh, for our readers that do know a lot about Adam Warlock, we did skip over Earth X, that sort of thing. But that that yeah. wasn't really my that really wasn't something that really I cared about. It 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 it, it just to back what we're saying. Um, the the only thing I've liked about Adam Warlock, other than him uh, in Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, was recently when he ended the last big conflict with the gems. 
and split them up and gave them their own consciousness. And now they're spread out God knows where. And we're going to get a good story in the future. I uh, it's probably story. It's, it's obviously going to be something infinity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be it's some... the term that will never die. There will always be infinity. There will always be crisis. There will right. always be secret stuff. And there will always be... Uh, uh, at least there are, at least there isn't like identity that was miserable, but as the, far as crossovers go, the one thing I'd want to, cause I don't really have anything else to say about him other than I really hope that some of you minefielders out there will get inspired by this. Want to pick up some old, uh, silver, silver age issues, go through the app. If that's all you can get your hands on, all that matters is just devouring the content. Honestly, depends on which one's more precious to you. If something really sticks out and you want to buy it, but to challenge yourself to write a good Adam Warlock story. I mean, like we like we're, I'm going to challenge you, you and I would need to, we need to come up with a good Adam Warlock story, even if it's just a six issue story. Fascinating. I, I don't right now. I don't even know where to begin or if it should pertain to any of the other material that we've got, but like, Ultimately, it would make total sense for that to happen, but uh, I mean, you and I are always shot it or whatever. Anytime you and I start doing any sort of writing sessions, it's always cosmic. It's it's <laughs> I can't think of any time. Any time we've ever Earthly ever did a writing are session, usually pretty uh, pedestrian <laughs> when it comes to the kind of stuff we come up with. Pretty much, and and. Uh, another thing I hope you you gather from this is there's no such thing as an inconsequential character. Uh, I love Adam Warlock. You love Adam Warlock. I don't know about that. But but but, but, at, the, but at the same time, but at the same time though, it, it's it's a difficult thing to to challenge yourself with to to write those sort of stories or, or like when you and I are writing stories and you come up with Alyssa Moy and I'm like God damn where did you pull that one from? And the, and oh, then, I love her. And, oh, and, and then Alyssa you sell Moy. and then you. And then you sell me on her. Now I'm in love. Oh, and, and, what a great character, yeah. I love that and, character. I'm not going to go into it, guys. In fact, if you yeah. don't even... Yeah, you know, you look that one up if you want to. But uh, Yeah, Ch- challenge yourself, guys. To, if, if this you know sparks an interest in you and, you and you've had some writer's block and you pick up some Adam Warlocks, see if you can make them big in your head. Uh, do your best. Send your ideas, any thoughts, anything that we got wrong in this particular issue. Um, but that's, that's my last takeaway, brother. Yeah, man. Awesome. I'm glad we did this. I feel like there's so much, I feel like we, we definitely punched a hole in the wall. We didn't scratch the surface. We didn't dent it. We definitely punched a hole. We there's, but that's the thing is that there's always more awesome material to dive into because if you're going to read this, then you might as well read that too. I can't believe how much Silver Surfer I read. I can't wait to read all of those issues from that time period because they're just so good. And then, uh, and the, that's the stuff I'm talking about, the 90s that Jim Starlin was involved with and the, all of those Thanos books. If you get on the app, if you get online, uh, you can fi- you'll find those covers and you're like, oh, okay, hey, look, because Thanos was well represented on the cover of most of those issues. Um, so there's that. And then I'm going to say, uh, that the high evolutionary, like I want to read the evolutionary war. And I just found my copy of, uh, it's the compilation of Kang and Avengers and also my Korvac saga. I'm like, dude, I got to reread that stuff. I've read a lot of Kang books, but it's just, it just, you just keep, it's a gateway. It's like you, it's a click hole 
online to start reading comics and then just be like, oh, dude, I got to check that out. They keep referencing back to that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do that now. And that's where I, that's where I am with it. Uh, so I think look for our, our next uh, in, uh, next thing we're going to plan on uploading, I think, is going to be a, uh, a uh, commentary track for the Howard the Duck movie from 1986. Starring Leah Thompson and um, Jeffrey Jones, and not to mention Tim Robbins. Uh, I, <laughs> dude, yeah. I love that movie, and I am absolutely in love with the uh, soundtrack score from it. John Barry did the score, and um, I've been listening to it on repeat lately. Uh, if you love John, if you're interested in John Barry, he did the score for Dances with Wolves, and also notably. The Living Daylights, which is consequently my favorite James Bond movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what we've got coming up next, and uh, we ought to be getting to that any time now. But as for that, dude, way to go. I'm really excited about what we were able to do tonight. Me too, man. That was uh, that was definitely a labor of love. So you Minefielders, uh, be sure and send us any emails at Colin and Josh at minefieldscomicspodcast.com. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're definitely not on TikTok or any stupid shit like that. Uh, I don't know, dude. TikTok makes a lot of people famous. Uh, (laughs) We're not on MySpace. Not on MySpace, no. Um, No. Not on LiveJournal. Afraid not. I'm going to start on MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'll get emails all the time. You opened up your MySpace. Oh, my God. Yeah, the last time I did it, Justin Timberlake was up my ass. Well, uh, all right, not, everybody. Not, not a bad person to be up there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, guys, this is uh, this transmission is over. Uh, that was dangerous. That was quite. That dangerous. was definitely dangerous. This is dangerous. Hi, roller. Hi, roller. <laughs> Good night. Night. movie cute uh, because cute. meek i didn't see him do anything and then even in, when you see him in endgame uh during the portal scene he's just like brandishing his knives and you're like oh yeah. there's meek whatever yeah. he reminded me of a brick from anchorman when he's just like in the uh, anchorman battle <laughs> where he's just screaming holding a, a grenade just not yeah. doing anything <laughs> and and just pulls out another gun, like uh, just throws a trident. Like, okay, you killed one guy. Okay, uh, <laughs> I believe then... you killed one man with a trident. <laughs> yeah, uh, you need to I lay low. Where I got that. <laughs> you need to lay. That's a gun from the future. <laughs> uh, meek, meek, God, like, oh, he's not even worth talking about anymore. But how do you feel after rereading everything? After everything you know about. Uh, about Banner, everything I've I've loaded into you after Force have been cramming Immortal Hulk on you, man. <laughs> like, uh, and and I really appreciate it because like before I met you, and I, I had no interest in Adam Warlock, no interest in Doctor Strange, <laughs> or or even Star Trek, and you you pushed it and pushed it on me, and I I feel like I've been pushing. Hulk and uh, the best I can do with X Men on you. There's no reason not to read the Hulk. X Men just needs to be good for me to read it. 
And um, I don't know. I just never appreciate. I'm not appreciative of their their lackluster consistency. But well, uh, what, how do you what, feel about the Hulk? How do you feel about the Hulk business here? This is this is a great story. This is you know a few years ago. One of our good buddies posted on Facebook, you know, hey, what do you guys think about legendary runs? Is it possible anymore? And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Yes, Bendis and leave Daredevil. Uh, you know, um, I think that conversation the, was the genesis of uh, Minefields. Grant, yeah, I mean, Grant Morrison X Men. I mean, New X. I mean, this is this is it. Like right here, we're reading it all the time. Like. It's really great to be reading something and be like, holy crap, this is it right now. This is like, when I when I play, I used to play this video game called uh, Conflict, and you would, uh, you would um, have, you were the premier of Israel, and every time you went on to the next month, you saw headlines, and it would give you an, an idea of what's going on in the surrounding countries and whatever, and... Um, one of my favorite headlines was like, you've messed with a bunch of stuff and maybe you collapsed governments or you defeated <laughs> them in wars. That's but awesome. like one of the headlines would be like, Libya now claims the sword of Islam or, you know, Jordan now claims the sword of Islam or something. And I was like, huh, what a fascinating concept. It was this, it wasn't a real item. It was the item, it was this, it was a, it was a metaphor. Like when Leonardo the Ninja Turtle was looking for the mantle of leadership. Correct. And it's not... Or like when Bruce Leroy... <laughs> Show In enough. The Last Dragon Show was enough, looking baby. for the master. <laughs> Bruce Leroy. <laughs> you know, it's Jeez. not... It, it's, it's a metaphor for something. And, I th and it's amazing when you're reading the title that is like, this might not be the flagship book of marvel comics but you're like this is it like this is what's going on right now and this is killer and like everybody kind of has to agree go back and check this out you're only missing like three issues can you get them okay you can read mine but you can't do it on your lunch break because i know yeah. you're gonna get teriyaki yeah. sauce on it or yeah whatever. that, that you know? reminds me i gotta get my uh house of uh house of x and powers of x one through three back from my buddy josh <laughs> yeah yeah it's all you joshes out there yeah uh yeah man i mean it's awesome when something is like this is it right here like i've had this mentality for a while because i felt like okay star trek is not so good these days and star wars has not been so good marvel is where it's at marvel has the sword of fandom right now and it's because i mean the movies are so good and whatever it's you know i'm dc i could give a rip i'm really uh looking forward to this new wonder woman movie i haven't even seen the first one can't like i fell asleep through it twice <laughs> i i anger people endlessly by telling them i've tried to watch mandalorian and i've fallen asleep twice it's what i said i, ca I can't really give it its due when i'm tired Nah, you know. it's okay. It's okay. But even then, like, I, 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 I like your end game on this one, and it, I think it hammers it home. We yeah, talked, yeah. we talked about it earlier, and to 
bring it in perspective with you specifically was when I call you and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm at Speeding Bullet and I'm halfway through this comic called Saga Number One, and uh, it's awesome. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're like, okay. And I'm like, listen, there's a bunch here. I'm gonna get one for you and one for me. You're like, okay. And uh, and then and then that takes off. And then and then you got that like like the when you're someone that devours this sort of content and wants the best, but you also have that collector aspect that's still left over from the nineties. Like you want the hottest one. Um, (laughs) You want the hottest one. And that happens with image all the time. Uh, Not with Marvel. It happens with image all the time, but a lot of times these comics in image kind of Peter out Um, like with morning glories, Uh, morning glories was like that. And it totally petered out Chew, not so much (laughs) complete opposite. But then yeah. you're like, I don't care about the Hulk. I haven't read Hulk in five years. And then like you hear everyone talking about it, and you're like, what's going on? And you find out about something coming called World War Hulk, and like you got to read Planet Hulk first. And you can't get Planet Hulk number one unless you buy third printing. And like only bitches buy third printings, and they are, and they, <laughs> they, they 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 either buy it by accident, uh, thinking it's <laughs> the, the the first print. Or that's the best they got because the graphic novel hasn't come out yet, and uh, or they haven't released it digitally yet. Now that, that that's happening, and uh, or, or you find out about like I said earlier um, with uh, Old Man Logan, or um, uh, anything going. Ice Cream Man's hot right now. Um, it's you got to pay attention. Like you got to judge the book by its cover, but give it a gander. I mean, obviously uh, you, you can't read the comics in the store but give it a give it a chance and goddamn you'll find something that'll like like the 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 literature in this sort of story with especially specifically planet hulk uh, like i hope in like a thousand years that someone finds like someone's safe deposit box with all of the planet hulk books translates <laughs> it and thinks it's our actual mythology <laughs> like <laughs> Like it's it's that good because the the values are there: brotherhood, sacrifice, betrayal, revenge, uh, uh, coming around after being defeated. Like like it's all there, and yeah. just just give it a chance. And uh, we're gonna have a lot more Hulk stuff to talk about because I'm just obsessed with it. We'll we'll, we'll scatter about the next like five six months because <laughs> I got so many like i was like i gotta get my notes and i pull up my notes and i was like wait a minute all these notes are about immortal hulk god damn it <laughs> like, <laughs> i really hope i can remember everything from what i read last week and um this has been just a pleasure and i really hope and uh the 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 best part about this is that you don't have to go and buy these go and spend the either the 10 bucks because you already did the, your first week of uh marvel uh unlimited uh, and uh get spend the 10 bucks to read all of this and or fuck it make a new email <laughs> use your other debit card to, to to read them for free for the week um you're, you're trying to say if you can get a hold of your retailer and be like and just hey you got a that's, copy of this that's even better pick up for real that's even better copy that's even better and i'm so glad you corrected me on that but it's late 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we should all, I mean, honestly, I want you all to understand something. We are definitely reading digital stuff right now because that's where we are. Uh, I definitely have a copy of Planet Hulk at my mom's place. I've got scattered copies of it. I've got scattered copies of it, man, and it's just like... it's just one of those things. I should have grabbed that when I was there a couple of weeks ago, uh... But yeah, I mean, social distancing, I don't want to take some bug with me to my 74-year-old mom's house, you know. Yeah, and and, but, and uh, I'm I'm perplexed. It's it's like it's like when you're dating someone that like you're like, "Eh, I guess I like you." And then you're like, "You know what? I'm done with you." And like you break up and you're like, "I miss you so much." <laughs> That's all I can think about. And now the comic shops are closed, and I've read probably I want to say I've probably read probably 200 comic books in the past 2 weeks. Uh, off of uh, the DC and the Marvel uh, apps, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just just devouring uh, storylines as fast as I can because it, I just I want something to disguise the walls I'm trapped in at the moment, and I just want new stuff. And I mean, hell, we and we yet and yet and yet make a call make a call and go buy those things physically people hey i did man i spent like uh, 200 bucks yeah. over at the uh, iron lion the other day uh got some uh, i got some uh, comics i got some uh uh boxes uh for some uh, cuz i've got those nice uh those flip boxes that are like faux leather all the red green gold black for my magic cards and bought a whole booster oh, yeah. set and uh, they told me that they were, uh, and I saw it posted, not only that, but I, I checked because I was concerned. But not only are they still open, but, I mean, you can't go in there, but, they'll, but they're going to ship it to you free of charge, flat rate if you want to pay, but they didn't charge me. And uh, all their employees are still on staff, getting paid full, like they were still working there, and doing their best to get through this. I'm sure if it goes any longer, they're going to have to do their best, but they haven't betrayed the people that love them and sell uh, their comics, toys, magic, Power Ranger toys. I mean, they got everything in there. You can get CGC graded yeah. stuff there. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. And I told them, I told them flat out, this is true. You're the only place in Colorado I'll ever buy my comics from again. Period. Because you care about your staff that much. And when I called to make my order, they were like, oh, no, it's no charge. And I was like, listen, I'm I'm quote unquote essential. I've got I've got a couple extra bucks. And he's like, I can't just charge you. You're already paid like you already paid. Um, and I'm not I'm not doing the bad Christian thing where I'm telling you about something good I did. I'm just saying I was in a good spot to pay the just charge me for a fucking sticker. And he's like, yeah, well, he put yeah. me he put me on hold, and he's like, well, the shipping's actually eight dollars. I was like, charge me eight dollars for a sticker. Just make sure that damn sticker's in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like, I, I appreciate you, man. I'm like, no, I appreciate you. And then, um, it's it's not. I, I know people are doing this right now, and we're not doing that out of like some social justice thing right now. But like, immediately after that transaction, I'm uh, I'm friends with the owners. Um, Andy and Shelby, bless you guys, uh, messaged you both on Facebook and said, not only was the guy that answered the phone call at your store when you told me to call to make my order, 
the nicest gentleman. He went above and beyond, went and looked for some random shit I needed, found almost everything I wanted, asked, like, hey, I can get, you got, I, we can, we can order this later when we can. Uh, I can make a list, and like, no, don't worry about it, I'll call you guys later. And, uh, Thank you for still employing these guys, and uh, I won't shop at another comic book store in, in Colorado again. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, I gotta make it back to visit my guys, uh, and that's in another town. That's a whole other trick. Um, the retailer that I've been going to for years, uh, when I haven't been going back to my old shopping in uh in norman uh when i when i used to work at speeding bullet i've been going to legendary comics in stillwater and uh my guy darren he uh he's always been a big hulk fan so i hope there's some i hope there's some material here that any hulk fan can appreciate and and uh i hope this worked out for everybody i do too and uh we we missed you. We can't wait to do some uh, new content from when the co- new comics come out, and we're confident things are gonna pan out. And we just want you to be safe. And I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Everybody have a good time and their uh, stands in. Read some stuff. Let us know what you've read. Let us know if you want to want to share what you've got. And, uh, you know, let us know if you want us to read it so we can, so you can, we can say what we think if, if you're interested in that. Whatever you want to do. This transmission is over. <laughs> Good night. This is dangerous, guys. We're over now. Talk to you next week.